Hi everyone, it's Helen Joy Butler here, Home Energy Alchemist, Sanctuary Creator and Elemental Space Clearer. And welcome to this episode of Musings on Sanctuary and Spirituality. I'm really, really excited to be here again at this round table with my beautiful friends, Sherry Trentini and Darina Cause. We sat with you at this table a couple of weeks ago. So if you missed that episode, we were talking about sanctuary specifically in the home and reasons why we may or may not work towards creating that. And today we're going to be talking about creating sanctuary in your body. But before we dive in with that, I would like to hand it over first to perhaps Darina this morning to share a little bit about her, her amazingness in the world, um, and what she does with her gorgeous clients. Hi, thank you so much. Uh, my name is Dorena. I'm also known as the Space Doula. I'm a feng shui and space clearing practitioner. And uh, my magic is really looking at patterns, patterns in people's homes and how they show up in their lives. And when we shift one, we shift the other. Beautiful. Thank you, Dorena. And can thank you just you. quickly let us know where you live? I am in the U.S. and North Carolina. Beautiful. Thank Completely you. Completely opposite end of the world. <laughs> Very much the opposite end of the world. Sherry, let's hear a little bit about you. I'm Sherry Trentini, and I'm a life and grief coach and helping people to let go of things that feel heavy, um, experiences um, in their life. And added to that, I also have a toolbox uh, based in energy work and feng shui and a bunch of other modalities. So I bring that all to the table when I'm working with uh, people who come to me. That's so beautiful. I just love, I think in all of us, we have this story of this amazing toolkit of all these skills we've kind of discovered, um, reignited, learnt. And so we can bring that toolkit to all of the beautiful people that we work with. I was about to say live with, but I suppose we can do that as well. <laughs> Whether they like it or not. Yeah, I was going to say, they don't have much of a choice now, do they? <laughs> I don't think they do. So last time we sat at our round table, we were talking about this concept of home and how it's all too hard in regards to creating sanctuary or making shifts and changes in the home. So as I've already said, if you haven't listened to that conversation, please do. But I just want to really come back to that for a moment because there's been a little bit of time between that conversation and this one. And I'm really keen to share a development that happened in my life that relates specifically to the home, but also to the body that has happened in that time since the three of us sat in the circle. I'm not sure if you've got any interesting developments that you ladies want to share as well, but if you're okay, I'll dive in and share this first. So last time we met, we were talking about some things in our home that were there that we kind of went, I don't want this or how did this get here or it doesn't even suit me. And I know Darina was talking about her mum's rocking chair and mm -hmm. I was speaking about some crockery, which I didn't even really know whose it was. It, it 
was either came from my grandmother or a relative um, who had left stuff at my grandmother's house who then, you know, it found its way into my home. And I was saying, you know, that stuff had been there for years and I'd never got rid of it. And this links beautifully to home and body because that crockery was stored in a cupboard which linked to our pantry. Now, it's a really weird setup and design in our house. So in the kitchen is there's two doors that you open and that's the pantry in front of you. And then if you were to step a metre to your right, there's another two doors that open up. And that's where you store, well, where we store, um, you know, food processes, bottles of spirits, uh, serving platters, crockery that you don't know where you got it from. And those two cupboards are actually joined. So even though there's separate doors, there's this massive open space if you were to take the doors off it's you know in behind there so on the weekends I was thinking oh maybe I should get in get rid of that crockery oh no too busy or more like couldn't be bothered <laughs> it's just you know it's all too hard right but I got home from being out and my husband said to me we've got these things in the pantry I don't know what they are I think they're little moths oh now I don't know if you ladies get these because I know it's very cold where you live I'm not sure if it gets super hot but in my part of the world we get these things called pantry moths what have you heard of them um, at all I, but you know are they like silverfish no, they, well, they leave dust they, they start out as these tiny little worms, like maybe a centimetre long and super skinny, and then they turn yeah. into little moths, which again are only about a centimetre um, in size. I can't do the conversion. I don't know what that is, Darina. No, I, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> tiny, uh. tiny. And I went, oh, great. Now we have never, ever, ever, ever had pantry moths. But. I'm hoping that you're starting to see this connection, right? Mm -hmm. My house is saying you've got to get rid of that crockery from great whomever. And to make you do that, we're going to give you pantry moths. Because what you have to actually do when you've got pantry moths is clean the entire pantry. And what I mean by that is, Everything has to come out and be wiped over. Every packet, every top and bottom and side of every container, every top of shelf, every bottom of shelf, every side of shelf has to be wiped down to prevent these pantry moths, you know, living there or coming back. You can also get these little baits, which I did as a backup, and they um, attract the male and the male sticks to them and obviously the breeding cycle continue but I just thought this was really fascinating because it linked beautifully with this concept of Helen's got something in her home that she she doesn't even know where it came from and she doesn't use it and it's not you know of interest to her to keep but it's really like my um, sanctuary from a body perspective meaning the food in my pantry the food that I eat and nourish myself and my family 
was saying, we're going to kick you into action, Helen, and to make you clean up this entire pantry, it took me six hours to clean. Well, and you suddenly, you suddenly had the time to do it too, right? Exactly. It did take me three hours one day and three hours the next because it was such a big job to do. But I just thought there was so much in that. There was so much around what food is in my pantry that is actually supporting me from a health perspective and my family, putting out there that I have a teenage son, all teenagers that I'm aware of like a little bit of junk food from time to time. <laughs> Just a little bit. Yeah, just a little bit. bit. So that was a great invitation to kind of go, well, you know, we don't need these things. Our pantry is pretty healthy, but there's obviously the odd treat or two that's finding in there. But now this pantry looks a million dollars. It looks like I've just gone and, well, I have. I've decluttered, (laughs) I've cleaned, I've got rid of absolutely everything that isn't serving me both from a food perspective, but also from that other cupboard space, which stored all the crockery and all the other bits and bobs that, you know, sometimes you use them all their once a year things like, you know, Christmas platters or all that kind of thing. So that was the interesting development that happened to me during, you know, since our last conversation. And I thought it was interesting that there was this beautiful link between the home and the body. I don't know if you ladies have had any interesting developments or anything you want to share around that that story since we last met at all. I love your story. That's I think one of the the big things that, and I have a feeling that Darina will agree with me because we've had this conversation I think before about how taking inventory of what it is that you have. So now you you literally had to hold each and every piece of crockery or packets or whatever foodstuffs and you literally had to you now know you had to take ownership and sort of reattach some energy to the stuff that was maybe going a little bit stagnant so I think I think that's uh, that's a wonderful thing and that's what happens when we sort of as we talked about in our last chat sort of re-energizing or being confronted with the things that come up and both good and bad but it's an opportunity for us in that moment what are we going to do with this how now that we've taken this inventory what are we going to do with this buffet of t-shirts or canned goods or whatever I think we do. I think sometimes, like, I always say that when we don't deal with our stuff, our stuff deals with us. You know, it's like you said, I have to look at this now because there are the moths and now I have to go through it. And I had taken a big box of photograph, like memorabilia, like just all photos, photo albums. A lot of them were from my first wedding and I couldn't decide what to do with them. So I'm like, I'm just going to go put them in my son's room because he's no longer, he's moved. And so he gets like, (laughs) that's where the miscellaneous things go. I'm like, I'll just sit it in there. And so since I don't go in there a lot, I didn't realize we had a really bad storm and the rain came, like, apparently there was a, a leak in the window. And so rain came in, got all over the carpet where this box was sitting. And a month later I come in and I'm like, huh, 
that's odd. I should like move this box. And it was soaking wet in the bottom. It had ruined the carpet. And I'm like, oh, well, there's one way to get rid of the photographs because they were all moldy. And I'm like, <laughs> but I ruined the carpet in the meantime. <laughs> so it was an expensive, like, I couldn't make up my mind what to do. Yeah. You know what, Darina? It's so funny that you shared that story because this morning I woke up with a memory from 10 years ago when we had really big floods in Brisbane. I think they made international. Mm -hmm. Yes. I had something similar, but I had a whole heap of boxes underneath our house, which had all my old teaching resources in it. So everything from books to lesson plans to everything. And it was, it was very dry and safe and everything was fine under the house. But because we'd had so much rain, the land couldn't, you know, absorb anymore. So it was coming up. And I went down one day and all of these boxes were exactly like your box of photographs. It was brilliant because there was no way of salvaging and it was just like, right, up, walk to the rubbish bin. That's all you could do. I did the same thing. I will, I've got to stop putting stuff in my son's room. I did. Um, I cleared my closet, like talking about body. I cleared my closet. I was going to get rid of every last single thing that didn't support me, that I didn't feel good in. And I was like relentless about it. And if it didn't fit, I didn't like put it on and, you know, feel happy. It was going away. But there was this small stack of stuff that I was like, yeah, I can't quite let go of this. So I put it in a pretty bin and it sat on my floor for a while in my closet. And I was like, I really got to get it out of here. But I wasn't quite, I was like, maybe someday I'll fit in this. So I put it in my son's closet. And I was like, and then he and I started like art, like we had, a, it was like a difficult period in our life. And I was like, I really need to go and look at like what's in his room. So I like, oh yeah, there's the clothes. And so then my next thought is like, well, maybe his girlfriend will fit in them. And then I was like, in the same breath, I was like, what are you doing? That's like, so they all went to Goodwill and he and I are getting along so well right now. Thank goodness. Could, could be a coincidence, but you know, just saying. I think we all know that's not true, right? Yeah. <laughs> Energetically, yeah. you were just going, okay, it's time to pass this on to someone who will appreciate them because perhaps his girlfriend would not have appreciated the the style or the fit or yeah. just like extra. seeing your girlfriend in your mother's clothes is just <laughs> weird you know <laughs> like it just needed there to is not that <laughs> it just needed to not happen <laughs> I think that's a beautiful segue Darina into today's conversation because when I sat with this remember from last our last conversation I said all these things kind of landed at once and it was around this con concept that with our body the reason we're not actually wanting to or working toward bringing sanctuary into it is that it's not that bad so if we look at that concept of clothes we go well you know this perhaps doesn't fit me really well but it's not that bad or we might be thinking oh I'm eating this particular food at the moment and I'm only doing it today without thinking oh we've also did it yesterday and the day before and the day before and the day before it's not that bad or we get that niggly feeling in our body something's tight or something's you know it doesn't feel right and we just kind of go it's not that bad so I think we're in regards to our body quite good at just pushing things under the carpet 
and just going, why would I bother to put myself first? I'll just put everyone else first. I'll make sure my kids are all dressed beautifully. I'll make sure my kids eat healthily. Um, you know, I'll make sure my clients are all supported, but I won't necessarily do it for me. It's not that bad. I'm not saying that we fit that mold, but I think it's a really easy um, excuse to make. So, Cheryl, I really want to turn this over to you because I know that we were talking about last time this concept of sanctuary on a practical level, emotional level and spiritual level. Mm-hmm. And given you're our beautiful wife and grief coach in this space, I'd really love to hear your thoughts on, you know, is it really not that bad or is it that bad? Like do we put off particularly those traumatic or difficult or challenging things that we faced in our lives? What, like, what do we need to do so that it becomes a bit easier? Um, when I was working with the body um, in Australia and abroad in other areas too, one of the, what really sort of started me on the path of, of working with people less physically and more emotionally in a coach um, setting was the fact that when we work with the body often the emotional stuff or the stories come up and because there's uh, the one book that I've yet to read um, I've started a few times the body keeps score right the body always remembers the different traumas and different things and so I was able to, and I include myself in this work too, because I started working with the body because I had a horrible lower back situation. I couldn't be, do, or have a normal life because I was limited by that. So I did the deep dive into the Louise Hay work. You know, how can I fix this? Oh, it's a money problem. Affirmation, 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 or relationship problem. Affirmation, affirmation, affirmation. However, I'm a you know, I love affirmations and all the work that Louise Hay has brought to the world. However, I needed to do something practically. I needed to deal with the physical and allow allow the movement or the change or the opening to happen where I was so restricted. But while I was searching for that, um, searching for the healing or the, the path or the person to sort of guide me and help me create that, it was also very emotional, right? And talk about the spiritual, um, you know, the different practitioners that I seen, some there was that instant connection with, so I felt safe. I felt that um, though it wasn't, maybe I was sloughing it off as it not being that bad, with that in that practitioner, I could be really honest, no, it is really bad. And so then that sort of starts that layering process of all three of, the sanctuary um, components in order to start to be safe with looking at, feeling that, and getting the information that we we need. Because so much, you know, I worked for uh, over a dozen years helping people to release their body. And as we were able to change things, you know, in their physical body, that's when changes or sharing what happened to about stuff that maybe might have been they've been tucked in those stories were tucked into that shoulder or in that back or in that foot right we we carry some of those stories with us Mm. Serena any thoughts on that 
Yeah, I just, you know, I just kept thinking how it's all connected, you know, and sometimes it is the body who tells us first, you know, sometimes it, we are pushing it off, but it's also when I think about that's where people will go for help, like in their body, you know, like I need, I need physical therapy or I need, and, but then it's always tied to the other pieces. Like you said, the emotional piece, it's tied to the home. I mean, there's just the connections. It's, and so I just kept thinking about how they're all, it's all connected and how we feel in our body is so often, like I had worked with one woman years ago when I was a professional organizer um, who was a true hoarder and there was little pathways going through, you know, I would have to like squeeze through the little pathway to sit at a table to help her go through paperwork. And, uh, but yet when I physically, all the things that were wrong were showing up in her house, you know, it's like the plumbing didn't work and her emotions were shut down, you know, so, you know, in feng shui, our emotions are, you know, connected with water. And so it's just all of those pieces. So what I would see how her body was breaking down and how her house was breaking down. It just was all, all tied together. Mm, that's beautiful. I remember a story from elemental space clearing training, and I'm not sure if you ladies remember this as well. <clears throat> Excuse me. But there was this woman talking about doing an elemental space clearing on a lady's property who was a hoarder. And traditionally, if we want to look at the process of elemental space clearing, the first step is decluttering, right? Mm-hmm. Get rid of stuff, get rid of stuff, keep getting rid of stuff, keep going, do it, do it, do it, do it, keep going. But what this particular woman discovered was that that was just not going to be an option for this client. And the client didn't want to do that either. So hesitantly, the elemental space clearing practitioner actually did an elemental space clearing on this lady's property. And a month or so later went back to, you know, see her, have a look at the space, see what she could do to help. And in that time, she had cleared out, let's say, 80% of her property. So it's really like... It's all intertwined and we don't have to do it in the, the way that, I don't know, we think it should happen. Um, it's a, we don't always have to follow the process, if you like. We can do the process wherever we feel called or however we feel called. And I love that you said that our body is often the first place that tells us there's something not quite right here. And if, if we keep putting it off and putting it off and putting it off, that's when we can get, you know, more chronic pain or more chronic issues or, you know, long-term, um, I want to say even injuries, you know, that could prevent us from moving forward in our life. So the question really is, is if our body, if we know on a practical level things aren't right, so, you know, so we might not have good food in our pantries or our fridges, we might not be exercising. We've got aches and pains, but we're deciding to ignore them. But now on an emotional level, it's really starting to get too much. Like we can't go out and do the things we want to do or we can't show up and be the person we want to be in the world. And we know there's this disconnect. Where do we start? 
how do we make the first step to really shift that energy? Because from a spiritual perspective, our higher self knows how amazing we are and how amazing we can be and what we can do and show up in the world. So it's this, this head, right? Our head's getting in the way um, or the whole concept of it's not that bad is getting in the way. So any thoughts on where you think we should or could start with that whole process? Well, I immediately think of sanctuary in the home. Um, and I was saying that last uh, chat about just, it just feels good, right? It just, I, I love my French room and I, I love my whole house and, and it all feels very peaceful. And I think the, the peace of, for the body is the, the physical, right? How, when we see ourselves in the mirror, when we're putting clothes on, um, that is, you know, sort of one level. Are we, do we feel good? You know, how, what is, where are we at on the, the feeling scale? And then that can also trigger if we feel good in what we've, the reflection in the, the mirror or in the outfit that we've put on, then that is what we can project and what we can feel emotionally. And so feeling that peace, but when there's the disconnect, I don't know that we are as equipped to recognize the disconnect and how to get back to peace um, for longer stretches of time, because the one thought that I had was about uh, body positivity. And um, I'm not sure if, if everybody is sort of using the same definition of what, what that is. But I had this experience the other day where I, I feel that I am an advocate of um, body positivity, and I'm you know, I'm, I'm supportive of that for everybody else, except maybe the rules might be different for me. Does, uh, does that ring any bells? <laughs> that I can, I can be very supportive of, uh, of people being body positive and uh, forward that way. But some days when I look at my own self or put my own clothes on, my body self image or my self body positivity is a bit swirling, you know, swirling around the drain. So that's where it may not have been that bad when I felt good yesterday, but today as I'm standing there going through my closet, like a runway model, um, it, you know, it's, it can, it ebbs and flows. Very much so. I know for me, this week in particular has been really hard emotionally, not because anything externally necessarily is happening, but the little Scorpio and <laughs> the moon and all sorts of things. I've just been really emotional. But what I have done is actively and consciously made a choice to wear clothes that will help me feel the way I would like to be feeling not where I am. I'm all for getting up today and putting on my trackies and my daggy t-shirt and eating a packet of chips and staring at the television if I'm really there. But if I, if I don't have to be doing that, 
I think it's really important for us to really allow our clothes to support us to shift energetically to where we want to be. And interestingly that you talk about that um, body positivity concept, Sherry, because a lady I know and follow and she's really into style, she talks about this concept that the reason we perhaps judge ourselves and how we look or feel in clothes is because we feel we of because we haven't actually worked out what I don't want to say style it's the wrong word what um what look is right for us so we might love pencil skirts but pencil skirts look awful on us so we should be doing you know a-line skirts for example um but when we get a grasp on the the clothes that feel good on our body that we love the you know the cut or the line or the whatever about them the more we step into those clothes the more that can help shift that internal dialogue as well it's a bit like um you know barack obama he always wore the same suit i read this about him ages ago he always wore the same suit um perhaps i don't know if it was the same shirt and tie i'm not sure but what he did was he worked out, this is the cut that works for me. This is what I'm going to wear. I don't have to really think too much now because I know it works perfectly for me. I put a dress on yesterday for the first time, probably in over a year. And my husband's like, you haven't worn a dress in forever, but it, it literally changed the day. I put tights on. I was like, and then today, you know, it's like, oh, I think I'm going to actually take some extra time to do my hair and. And so it is amazing how those changes can make such a difference. And then when you bring color into it, I think that's a whole other fascinating, you know, a tie in the emotions and how the color makes us feel in our body. And, you know, so what we put on and, and I've noticed, um, I noticed this, oh gosh, I don't know how many years ago, five, six, seven years ago, I was on a lime green kick and everything had to be lime green. Like I remember my raincoat, my, my laundry room paint, you know, like you name it, I needed lime green. And I was going through a really big healing time. And then from there, I want to say it was blue. It was like my blue year and everything was blue. And I was working on my throat chakra that year. But so it's like, I didn't notice it right away. And so I think a lot of times, like the word for me that keeps coming up is permission is giving ourselves permission to do what feels good, whether it's what we put on or um, like, like the question, what, like, where do we start? It's like, well, the lowest hanging fruit where it feels good. Mm -hmm. And, and so whether feeling good, like, is, are you at the gym at a class or are you walking in the woods? Like what feeds you? And, and it's not going to be the yeah. same for everybody. But I love, I, I love noticing what color I put on and I'm like, and, and so I don't think about it ahead of time. I just put it on and I'm like, oh, that's interesting that you pick gray again. And then I'll start, then I'll think about it from a feng shui perspective. Gray is the color of metal. And I'm like, oh yeah, I'm in that nitpicky space. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I've been in my head for a few too many days. And then I'll, and then I'll make the conscious choice. Like, oh, what will it feel like if I put on the magentas 
you know, shirt. Like, how does that feel? And sometimes I, I can't keep something on. I'm like, I, I can't wear that color. So I just, it, you had mentioned conscious thought. So I think bringing permission and conscious thought to, mm -hmm. um, into our minds is, is really fascinating. I think geographically too. Um, I did not know this, but I live in Calgary, Canada, and allegedly, and I say this allegedly, having lived in Australia, we have one of the sunniest cities in Canada, which right now would not be indicative of our that status. However, I think because we have true seasons right now, because we've had a few very bright and sunny days, the days are getting longer, I walk into my closet and I look at all the heavy, the dark clothes, the, you know, the thick clothes, because we're coming out of winter and coming into spring, that I could have gone in there with, you know, a pack of matches and I'll, you know, I'll take care of all of that business. However, now I'm, you know, the other day I got to wear, I wore a pair of khaki capris. It may have been pushing it based on the weather, but I was feeling springy and I was wearing those pants and they were awesome. So I think we have that sort of seasonal, you know, where we're at too. But as you said about putting a dress on during the beginning of the pandemic in 2020, every day I, you know, unless I was having a schlep day because I was cleaning or otherwise like, nope, I'm doing the whole thing top to bottom because I'm winning against the lockdown <laughs> in my house. I wore the yoga pants every day. <laughs> I did not win. <laughs> and then I'm like, my version oh. of winning. <laughs> and lo and behold, the jeans don't fit anymore, but the yoga pants do. <laughs> I, I also did the uh, dress up to stay in thing. Uh, mm -hmm. during COVID and I found it totally fascinating because I was obviously home with my family um, and my <laughs> husband would just wear the same t-shirt for three days in a row and you know my teenager would be sitting on the sofa with his hoodie over his head and here I was <laughs> hair done make like pop to toe like you're saying as well Sherry and part of it I think was I was being a bit rebellious. I just said, no, I'm <laughs> yeah. not getting on that roller coaster with everybody else. As much as I love my yoga pants and definitely got into them, um, it was just a, a little bit of rebel, Helen, I think. Can I share a story about that? I had to create some boundaries in the house because um, I can't remember now when it doesn't matter when we went into lockdown, whatever. So I had to I had to enforce a no bathrobe uh, rule in the house after noon. I had to enforce a few sort of, you know, everybody's how everybody shows up in the house affects everybody. So you know you don't have to get you know all all done up, but really to my lovely daughters, like lose the bathrobe or I'm throwing in the garbage. So Easter comes and I said, I gave them fair warning, lots of time because we're all together. I kept, my affirmation was today is Easter. We're having dinner, get dressed, put proper nice clothes on. This is what we're doing. 
So my youngest daughter comes downstairs and I look at her and I'm like, really? Like, have you not heard what I've been saying? She goes, oh, well, I was just gonna, you know, help you set the table and then I'll go get changed. And I'm kind of like, well, go ahead. You know, I'm a little bit quick to, quick to point out. So she comes, she goes upstairs. I call everybody for dinner. She comes downstairs in her grad full-on formal gown with her, with her yeah with her it's her prom dress with the faux fur wrap that she had she's got the heels on her hair is done to the nines and I'm like now I feel underdressed well done <laughs> well done <laughs> that is like my favorite lockdown story is when she comes sweeping down enters with her big dress and I'm like Oh, well done. I love it. That's awesome. <laughs> uh, but it's beyond awesome. I think she's, um, I think we could all learn a lot from, from that approach to overdressing because stand out and, you know, make a, yeah. uh, a, a what's that called? Make an entrance um, yes. with your, your outfit. So I'm yeah. keen to know, because you ladies are the feng shui experts, is there a particular part of our home or is there a particular feng shui concept that could help us with this idea of bringing sanctuary into our body? Um, and, you know, and also, you know, shifting that it's not too bad kind of belief system. So, Brina, have you got any thoughts on, on that? Well, I think it's, and this is where I think we don't realise it until we, um, until we consciously start feeling, but our home, like how our homes feel, like we feel it in our body. And, and so the woman I had mentioned whose home I was in, it would literally take me days to, um, to shift the energy after like being in it because the home felt so heavy and we feel that in our bodies. That's why our bodies start breaking down in certain situations in our homes. But when we can, like, I always think of constriction. So if you picture um, water flowing through your house and looking at where it's dammed up, you know, and where it can't flow or where does it rush too fast is a way to create that sanctuary and that feel is, or to bring awareness in your home. So if you just, I like to always start at my front door and think, okay, if I'm picturing water flowing through my home, like a stream, how is it going? Um, yeah. And the same way I picture energy rushing through, you know, like running through my body and, and in meditation, there's those times where I'll have the energy surge where it's just, it's like, whoosh. And I'm like, oh. and I like the ones, the gentle, like, when I, it's like, oh, that felt just kind of like caramel floating through my body. But it's, it's, Ooh. it's, it's the same way in our home, you know, and it's just, where is there constriction? Where does the energy run too fast? Um, is one way I like to look at it. So how does somebody who doesn't understand feng shui or have, you know, limited or just a basic understanding of it, how did they ascertain where that energy flows quickly? Or do they just I, feel it in their body? Well, I like, you know, it's like if you close your eyes and you're imagining it, it's just kind of imagining the water flowing and how fast is it flowing or 
and so it's almost in your own guided meditation of just like closing your eyes and picturing that water flowing through your house and how do you picture it going because in feng shui we like the gentle curves right we, we like the flow and the gentleness and not the sharp edges so or you know where it's going to run in one one side of the house and out the other so that the energy doesn't we want to invite it in we want it to stay in our body not disconnect from disconnect from it and i and to sort of uh, go back to what you were saying before about the colors that we choose to wear the with the the bagua and the elements that sort of use all the different colors um for the elements i know i used to love wearing uh when i first started doing this work or just after the training um, sort of that sense of power you mentioned about Obama wearing the same thing that I can, I have multiple pictures of me in, in different situations where when you were wanting to show up in your power that I had uh, a black button down, but I had this fantastic red beaded um, necklace that was long and chunky and, and what have you. So the color having that little bit of fire you know, close to my heart, uh, you know, kind of when you're going out and networking or doing whatever, having that association with the elements. So as Drina said about the, the grays or with your thinking, or on the flip side, if you need to sit down and really concentrate and use, um, use the color to your advantage, you can, you can help to support whatever task that you're doing. So blues and greens for, for growth, um, for movement, um, a black for flow is, is my um, association, black for the water and browns of course to be a little bit or for grounding. And so it's your, it's using that as a, a template, but also what does it feel like? Somebody, you know, maybe wouldn't wanna wear a, a black shirt whereas I feel black is my, superpower yeah i think exactly. that's sorry Drina, go ahead. oh no no i was just gonna say i think that's the key is is how it feels and and it's like how does your home feel and 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 we just we don't think about it we don't think about how it feels and and so really tuning into that into that feeling i think is and does this make me happy? Does this make me sad? Does my body tense up or is my body relaxed in this space? Because our body is going to respond to our surroundings. It was interesting. We went to, um, we've been searching, we call it the property chronicles, um, or the property diaries. We've been looking for a new home for a while now. And we went yesterday and there was this house that I'm like, oh my God, that's it. This is like my dream house. It's on my vision board. And I, like it had the soaking tub and like all the things. And I was getting so excited. I'm, and I'm walking through the house and, and there's this little like niggle that I'm like, mm. and I was like, no, 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 I love it. Cause it looks right. Like it looks good. And then we went across the street to another house and I'm like, this doesn't look as pretty as that house. But I was like, oh, it feels so much better. And the other house was sitting the way it was sitting. It was closer to the road. And when I was in the master bedroom, I'm like, I can feel my body feels that road energy. And, and then in the other house, I'm like, it didn't have my vision board, like in the prettiness, but it felt better. And then it's like, okay, which is more important. And I'm going to say how it feels. 
because that's how my body relaxed. My body was just like, oh, it feels so much calmer here. Like I feel calmer because this home feels calmer because it wasn't being, um, I'm use the word blasted by this busy road coming with the cars coming past. Mm, I love it. So do you feel that that second property has got your name on it? I think we're close, but I don't think it's quite yet. Yeah. Because so well, I mean, this actually has nothing to do with bodies, but sort of, but like every day, like the road, you have to turn a right, turn right out of the neighborhood. And as my oldest said last night, he's like, mom, your life is to the left. So like every day when you leave home, you have to go right and then drive down the road to find a way to turn around and that like that little annoyance Mm-hmm. is enough was enough to say no but again how many little annoyances do we accept in our body right because it's like oh it's just the princess and the pea you know it's like oh it's just a little you know a little pricker a little yeah but over time when you were talking about flow one of the great things or sort of water running through your house it's imagine how long that drip how it can water will make its own path so that annoyance of having to turn right when you are wanting to turn left, either one day you're going to drive over the boulevard or, you know, just to because. Right. There's a, there's a cement divider and I can see, I'm like, oh, I can make it. I can make, I mean, it's not too tall. It's a, a little one. I'm like, oh, I can make it over that. I could see me doing that. Karina, you sharing that story about the home reminded me of when we were searching for this home that we currently live in. So we've been here for about nine years, I think. But there was about an 18-month process of house searching before we found this house. And it was not long after those floods that I'd mentioned previously, probably 12 or 18 months after that, and a lot of the houses had been repaired and now had come on the market. And so not that we were necessarily looking in a flood zone to live, but some of the houses we looked at were in that space or close to. And we would go and have a look at all these houses. Every single house we walked in, my eyes would go really itchy, watery, dry. They're actually doing that as I <laughs> say those words. Um, And it's a bit like hay fever or, you know, some kind of reaction. And you could put it down to, oh, maybe it's spring and there's flowering plants. But I'd never had a reaction like that before. But it happened every single time we walked into every single house. And my husband was going spare. (laughs) I'm so sick of it. Because I would walk in and I'd go, I can't see us living here. And literally I couldn't, like my eyes are all, you know, mm-hmm. not happy. And so we gave up the search and he just said, when you find something, let me know. <laughs> <laughs> so at this stage we had our son was in, you know, it was quite um, early years. <clears throat> and I remember seeing this house we live in for sale and they had an open day or open evening, like on a Wednesday or Thursday evening. And hubby was at work. So after school, when we went for afternoon tea and then my son and I came and had a look at this house and my eyes didn't do that. 
So then I went home and I said, I found it. And we came back on the Saturday and we bought it. It's funny you say that because I've been doing that with smell. Like I walk in and I'm like, this doesn't smell right. And everybody's like, I don't smell anything. And you know, we're under a mask mandate still. So I'll like, I'll just take my mask out, you know, like smelling, smelling. And, and the realtor's like, you need to put your mask back on. And I'm like, I need to smell this house. And everyone smells like, I'm like, there's something wrong. I don't know what it is, but there's a funny smell. And then the house we did look at yesterday was a new house. I'm like, oh, it has new house smell. So it, we, it was definitely closer. Not quite right. Do we, left turn, but. do we have time for, for me to share my same sort, sort of story? Definitely. The house that I'm in, the house that I'm sitting in right now, um, went, bought coming up six years next week. I had put an offer on a house at noon the, the same day that I put an offer on this house and I bought, I was buying the other house because we had a timeline, like we had to be out of our, our home. And so I was, it didn't face the right way as in my backyard did not get any sunshine and that's vitally important to me. Um, it needed a ton of TLC on the inside, which okay, but oh, it just felt like so much, but that's okay. The rooms were so small. The girls were, you know, they could touch each wall with their spread out arms, but I'm like, oh, it'll be fine. Like, you know, we're, it'll be okay. I get home from dropping the money off to my realtor I, or, and getting all the paperwork sorted. I get home and of course I get an email with the new listings of, of today based on my parameters and I'm like oh don't look don't look don't look don't look okay we'll just I'll just take a quick look first house that's listed I'm like no no don't look don't look and I'm literally I haven't even looked at anything yet and I click on it and I'm like on the phone to my realtor we were here two hours later they were leaving for holiday the next morning I'm like give them whatever money that they want because this is it the, the moment I stepped into the house, I'm like, yep, how much do you want? What that, let's just, let's just do this. And you just know, the last three, the last, this house and my last house that I bought, walked in, yep, I'll take it. <laughs> you know, it sounds very Hollywood. Yep, I'll take it. But honestly, when you know, you know. But I think it's that permission, right? Like I think things come through when we, like when we say, I don't know. It's just like saying yes to something. Sometimes it's just taking action one way. And then it's like, Ooh, that didn't feel right. And then the other thing comes in and it's yeah. Yeah. super cool. It is super cool. And the thing is we, it's like, we don't want to gift ourselves permission to have the awesomeness that, you know, whether it's the house, whether it's the clothes, you know, we might think, well, I'll buy that thing because it's on sale. Whereas I prefer that thing, but it's nearly like saying, well, let's just chuck that out the window and let's just say, and I said this on our last conversation, let's just say, hell yes. If we want the thing, yeah. um, say the yes, as you've just said, Darina. Um, and then, you know, I mean, amazingness will come from it. The last thing I want to talk about, if it's okay, so we've talked quite a lot about the practical and the emotional um, in regards to the body. I really want to talk about this concept of spiritual connection 
and specifically with whether we want to call it our higher self, whether we want to call it our soul, whether we want to call it something else. But I think traditionally, and I do believe this is changing, but I think traditionally there's been a real separation between this is me, Helen, in this physical body, and here's this um, amazing high self, soul, whatever you want to call it, that's separate to me, and one day I'll get there. One day, um, you know, I'll be able to maybe reach the nirvana of having that, you know, as part of my world. But at the moment, there's this massive disconnect. And I think if we're in physical pain or we're not doing the physical stuff because it's all too hard and then we've got this emotional stuff that we're dealing with and it's all too hard, the last thing we necessarily want to be thinking about is this spiritual connection with something that is part of us but that is bigger than us. Because often it takes energy to get there. But in my experience... It's not that I ignored the physical and the emotional, but when I sat in the spiritual and took the time to meditate and took the time to journal and took the time to cry in the shower and took the time to, you know, just say to the world, you can go away today, I'm going to look after me. And creating that connection with something that was big but a part of me that helped that integration happen, which made the physical and emotional easier to either get through or deal with, or things just fell away, or, you know, food I used to eat, I can't eat anymore because it just doesn't sit well with my, my body. So I think this is a really important part of this conversation around body, because to me, it's not really separate. To me, it's the spiritual part is actually just as important as doing all the physical and the emotional so I'm keen to know whether you have any incredible practices that you do to help you on a spiritual level to live in and amongst your body, you know, energetically, how that feels aligned to you. But also maybe if you've got other words of wisdom that you feel, you know, willing to share or what's coming up for you, you know, around that at the moment, I'd love to hear your thoughts on it. I have a um, kind of, I guess, a story that ties everything back together because for me it started in my house and well it started in my frustration of being tired and I was like I just I'm exhausted I work too hard and then I was like all right so anytime I make this statement I'm like where does it show up in my house and I so I trace it back to ancestral family there's an area of our homes related to those patterns that get passed down from generation to generation. And I was like, oh yeah, my mom does that. Oh yeah, my grandmother does that. And realized that in order to, everything was hard and efficient and, and drive, 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 drive. And, and so then I brought it back to my body and I was like, oh, I, I can feel that tension. So it's something that I've been working on a lot right now, whether it's, um, through my meditation practice, like it's, that's, it, I write it on my calendar. I, I, I have a digital and a paper calendar, but I write it on my calendar every day to make it part of that's that practical, making that part of that it's going to happen every morning. And I do it in bed. Like I actually don't get up. I have my headphones next to me. You know, every, you know, most people are like, you know, you get out of bed and you go to a meditation spot. And, and I'm like, if I know myself well enough that if I get out of bed, I'm going to start cleaning or doing something and I will take myself so I know it's it's the before my feet hit the ground I do my meditation um 
but as I, and I do some cranial sacral work and the more I've been doing, I now know the minute my body tenses, cause I just, I walked around most of my life tense. And now I feel my jaw. I feel like my, my knees come in to protect my root and my sacral chakra. You know, I just, I see myself and I'm like, and that's my, that's when I know my clue of like, oh, you're pushing too hard and it's time to, it's time. And so I keep getting this message to slow down and slow down. And I have so long to go. Like, I just, I mean, you guys are my role models in that. And I have, you know, so much to learn and so much to slow down, but I feel it. I see it where it showed up in my house. It showed up in my laundry room, which is my ancestral family. I, sh it showed up in the colors I chose in there. It showed up on things breaking in there. It's shown up in my body. And so I, I'm using my spiritual practices to keep coming back to self and coming back to that slowness so that I can walk into a home and I can feel like, oh yeah, that's not right. And I, and, cause I wouldn't be able to feel that if I, if my body's tense, like I, the only way that I can connect with my higher self is if I slow down. I love that. Leave space. Um, I'm not sure, I'm gonna share this, but I'm not sure if this is what you mean or not, but I have muscle tested for decades. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even, yeah, I don't even think about it, especially I, I have a really, I think clear, there's not a lot of, there's not a lot of uncertainty as to intuition or guidance or sort of the conversation higher. I, and I, I, I don't, but if I ever need to sort of double check, I muscle test. And um, as a practical way to confirm if I'm feeling a little bit, eh, really? But um, I'm, I feel honored that because I've sort of kept the lines of communication open for as long as I have that I, it's just, yeah, just there. Yeah, perfect. That, yeah, that's perfect. And I think muscle testing is a great place to start or even EFT, like tapping or, I mean, there's so many things that we can do. It's just a matter of how do we want to be and choosing those things that work for us. Because just because I might say do this or Sherry, you might say do that or Drina, you might say do that. Our listeners might think, well, none of those sound great to me. But it's a matter of putting your fingers in all these different pies. and coming across or discovering the things that really suit you. Um, and I do think that there is this ability, as you said, Sherry, it's certainly been my journey as well, that if you put in the time, you put in the effort, you actually make it a focus or a commitment or just give it some kind of credence in your life, you can have that strong connection whether it's with your higher self or your soul or your intuition whatever you want to call it um because it's i would also use the oh, well, sorry no that's right i would all i would also um say curiosity and playful um mm -hmm. every once in a while i'll get my pendulum out like that's fun right 
you, all of us have a pendulum. Serena, do you have one? Yeah, it's within uh, 12 inches of me. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. I'm gonna say, yeah. <laughs> we can do our, um, yeah. <laughs> It's out on the I'm in my, it's up in my office it's not here but um, there they go <laughs> they're saying hello to each other they are. um if if you to have fun with muscle testing that that was my my end using the pendulum is when my girls were younger and um she we were in Australia and Isabella couldn't find her jumper and it's cold out and I wasn't driving them to school they had to walk or take the bus and so she's like just does and I used my pendulum I'm like okay where's where's the jumper yeah okay it's it's in a closet and so you know they go and rip through everything no and I'm like mm, no and then I walk over to so it was as my eldest I go into my youngest and open her closet and oh, there it is. And so then now you have a total different toolbox as a mom, ha! right? Oh, don't know where this is. Oh, just <laughs> so have fun. That is so like, so important and just trusting yourself. Like one thing that um, I know Denise Lynn has been, I think all of our mentors at some, um, talk so much about being a, a person of your word and I think how often like if to trust myself I need to keep my word to myself ah. and so oh, um, I, love I think when we do that when we set when I say I'm going to take a hot bath and I actually do that and keep my word I trust myself and the more I trust myself the more my intuition doesn't doubt the pendulum and doesn't mm -hmm. doubt the dousing rods or whatever you know the intuition i trust it because i've learned to be honorable with myself and be a, a woman of my word that's beautiful sherry thank you so much for bringing up that fun concept i was running my welcome home course last year and one of the ladies i tapped into her before our evening call and i went mm, i think i want to as we do as educators and intuitive women i just 10 minutes before the call right i'm going to change what we're talking about tonight I'm going to do something totally different and I said we're going to have some fun and I'd sent everyone these lovely little packages of goodies and in it was a pendulum and I said over the eight weeks we're going to learn how to use it and I hadn't planned on teaching her this was quite early on in the course I thought stuff it who cares just throw it out we had such a great time and she you know by the end of the hour she's like oh it feels like such a different person because she laughed she didn't realize that she could actually use a pendulum yeah. as in didn't feel she had the skills to but she was able to and it was, it was such a beautiful witnessing of of her stepping forward you know owning that i'll have to tell her your jumper story though i think she'll like that <laughs> yeah That's so the one. girls then i then i was i like next level mom because i did that <laughs> yeah, one up on them Anything we can do for our kids to make us think we're awesome. That's right. <laughs> Tell them every day. Yeah, totally. I think we'll better um, pull this in, ladies, rein it in, because I think we've had such a beautiful conversation. But let's just share with everyone again where they can find you. So, Sherry, can you share first where people can connect with you online? 
Uh, you can find me on Facebook at Sherry Trentini Creating Space or at my website, sherrytrentini.com and Instagram, Sherry Trentini or dot Trentini. <laughs> yes, you are on Instagram, Sherry, because I was just checking you out I before couldn't, we started. <laughs> I wasn't sure if there was a dot. I think there's a dot. Yeah. I'll share the links in the show notes so people can get straight to you. Anyway, thank you. Serena, where can people find you? Uh, my website is spacedoula.com um, and it's uh, D-O-U-L-A, uh, space and then doula. And Facebook, I'm at space doula and Instagram at space underscore doula. Fabulous. Thank you. I will put all of those links in the show notes. I've loved, loved, loved this conversation. Thank you both awesome. so much for showing up and sharing so beautifully with us. Listen, there are going to be at least one, hopefully two more of these roundtable conversations. So we really hope that you'll be able to join us for those. If you haven't already joined us, head on over to the Helen Joy Butler website and sign up to receive the Sanctuary Starter Kit and join us in the Sanctuary in the Circle. But until next time, take care and much love.